What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 22 of the Whistling in the Dark podcast. I am Patrick Bradley, your host, and I am recording this in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, So my last episode I checked was November 7th. Uh, So we're pushing, well, let's say like three weeks. It's just uh, December 1st today. December 1st, 2018. Um, Yeah, so I did a couple episodes early November and I was hoping to, you know, keep it going. A couple things happened and I I traveled up north where I'm from for Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, this last week back was a little tough with work. So this is really the first chance I've gotten. the other thing I did in the meantime, I, I uh, so I have a uh, SoundCloud account that I put some music at. Uh, and up until recently, it's been all just like instrumental stuff, hip hop, but a few other things I'd put in the past. But since I kind of got a little more serious about it, I've been making like hip hop beats. And I finally put up something with lyrics, my own lyrics. I actually used to um, use it as the intro to the show. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you can find me, um, Pat LaRue, on uh, SoundCloud. And it's the last song I posted. It's called One Win. Uh, but it fits really, uh, really well with the theme of this podcast for sure. You know, very anti-war, uh, libertarian, and... Uh, Yeah, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm actually doing some edits from some suggestions, and I will probably update the file on there. Um, But, nah, I mean, it's it's pretty solid. And, you know, um, I've been... It's it's interesting. I just listened to uh, a... I I listened to a couple episodes recently um, of Owen Benjamin, and uh, he's a guy I... You know, I like him. He's a comedian. Another, I, I mean, he's kind of a, he's a libertarian, um, but he's certainly not. Uh, you know, as he doesn't nearly have like the clarity of a Dave Smith, um, and you know, certainly not of you know any of the you know Tom Woods, Ron Paul, whatever Jeffrey Tucker people like that. Um, but he's pretty cool and. Um, yeah, you know, he's an he's an interesting guy. I mean, I, I was thinking get sort of bland if you're just listening to people that, you know, never waver. Um, because to I think one of the attractive things about libertarianism is that it is a bit deterministic. Um I, I'm not sure if that's really the the right word, but in my mind I think of it like that. Like uh that, you know, two different libertarians that, you know, are given a problem or a situation uh, and have to sort of decide what is, what was the right thing to do or, you know, who did the right thing or, you know, what, if there was a crime committed, you know, whatever it is, um, they'll generally, you know, be able to 
come to the same conclusions. Uh, and I think that's really cool. And um, it's one of the, I mean, obviously, if those conclusions were were awful, it wouldn't be good. So, you know, the conclusions themselves obviously matter. Um, but the fact that it's sort of repeatable and it's not dependent on a personality, it, it, it's kind of formulaic. Um, I think that it may, you know, that's one of the reasons that it's, you know, really the only viable way that you can really organize people, um, you know, without winding up with this, you know, concentration of power and all this murder and violence and everything like that, because, you know, it's, it's just like one chord or another, you know, they, they're all sort of follow the same, you know, it wouldn't really matter. So, so you're sort of familiar no matter which, you know, sort of court of justice you would find yourself in. Um, I don't know. I just think that that is uh, kind of cool. And um, anyway, but that being said, right, if you, if I, if it is that formulaic and, you know, somebody you know, some piece of news occurs today. George Bush, George H.W. Bush, the father, uh, died, you know, um, you know, whatever. Uh, it, I mean, this is a, this is a pretty fertile topic, I guess, for different people would probably, uh, have a lot of different experience, um, to come out with, with talking about that. Um, but you know, whatever, I don't know the Kavanaugh hearing. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, these, you know, when you just sort of get down to this uh, Blasey Ford accusations, I mean, it just becomes like, I don't know, any libertarian is just going to conclude the same thing that it's like there's no case whatsoever. And, and, in no, you know, and, and it's not saying that, oh, she lied or he lied. It's just like, man, there's, there's no way to tell. And uh, I mean, how can you like, you know, punish somebody or convict somebody, you know, in that way. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, like I, you know, so it did get a little tiresome, like, I know the Blasey Ford stuff and hearing kind of every, you know, every libertarian can kind of just conclude the same thing. And I mean, honestly, mostly I probably don't even care that much. Um, and, you know, they always say, oh, we've got, there's, there's, you know, other stuff about, Kavanaugh that we, you know, have much more of a problem with. And yeah, that's what every libertarian says too. So anyway, I mean, I try to, you know, get outside of that a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, but still not, not in that mainstream kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I, you know, so Owen Benjamin's pretty cool. And, um, yeah. So anyway, the whole reason I'm talking about is he, in a recent episode was sort of going through the Rolling Stone's like top 500 songs of all time. And he, he's also a musician. He's like a classical piano player. And so his shtick is kind of like playing piano and singing or whatever. And uh, um, honestly, like that part gets kind of annoying. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's it's different. It's cool that he plays. You know, I think it, it probably makes him kind of because of, you know, spending so much time learning that I do think, uh, you know, it can kind of help a person to come at things a little bit differently um but anyway so uh what i would say 
you know, that I have observed, you know, he's talking about rock and roll. Um, and I, you know, I've been a hip hop fan, you know, mo- pretty much my whole life that I've been, you know, paying attention. I'm 41 now. Uh, trying to think, I think my first CD was Eric B and rock him follow the leader. Uh, I was early. I, I remember having public enemy, uh, and, uh, you know, their early stuff or whatever. But, you know, like, I guess like mid late eighties is, is when I started, you know, really listening myself. And, um, you know, we, uh, it's like the whole time. And, and this is with pretty much all music, anything that I hear in popular, you know, media or whatever people, uh, I just so often have this feeling and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to express it like really clearly, I hope I can, um, because I suspect a lot of people have it too. Um, like people will talk about a song, oh, you know, it's so powerful or, you know, the, the person got like so vulnerable or so real or whatever. And like, you know, you li- I should have thought about this more. I'm, I'm kind of riffing. So I, I, I was not planning on talking about this specific thing because uh, I could give like example songs if I, if I spent a little time to think about it. But you know, you, it's like you listen back, you know, you listen to the song. I mean, when you really listen to it, it's like, there's like one line in there about, you know, battling addiction or something like that. Or I don't know, you know, some, some, something that's kind of like anti establishment or, you know, whatever it is, but it, it, to me, like my whole my whole life, almost always songs. I've I've had the kind of uh, I had to really reach, you know. I had to like really dissect and like find lines here and there that that were like inspirational to me. And um, and anyway, I mean, this song that I put out, I mean, it's like all the way you know like to me it's it's like the only song that i've ever heard that has that kind of content like just 100 percent throughout and maybe maybe what's really happening is like there are like i guess you know conspiracy theory rappers and stuff like that um but you know you know that stuff can go too far Right, like I mean, like uh, a David Ike or or Alex Jones. I mean, you know, I'm I'm on board to some extent, but I mean, I think they say a ton of stuff that's that's wrong. Um, so you know, like I find that most times you get this conspiracy stuff. It's just like it's kind of off the rails and it doesn't like really make sense. And um, you know, like this song I put out, this one win. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent, man. It's like a hundred percent in line with like non-aggression principle, you know, libertarian ideals, the conspiracy theory stuff I go on is probably like war on drugs, you know? Um, and, and I guess, I guess it's a conspiracy theory to say that like not listen to the mainstream media. Um, 
But I would say if you like this podcast, it's going to be if you if you t- find yourself uh, in general agreeing with things I'm saying, uh, you know, the content of that uh, song should be right up your alley. Um, so I don't know, man. I mean, I, I've been playing music for a long time and, uh, you know, writing lyrics and, and I've written a lot of stuff, but you know, there is a lot to overcome in like, I think mentally to put this song out. I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, it's a couple of years ago is when I first put that beat together. Uh, actually a friend of mine, uh, and myself did it together and, um, I lived in a I lived in a different house I think uh when we did that and um and I I kind of have toyed with it I have EQ'd it I put uh you know I mixed it differently I put it up on SoundCloud just as an instrumental and uh and you know probably like a year ago or more I wrote you know a a verse to it and then uh and a chorus and then like then i wrote the other two verses um and then i was i was really unhappy with the first verse um not again not not like the content but that you know that's the thing it's like taking this content but putting it in a way that's like cool and flows and um you know that that's that's pretty tough um man who who's talking about it? I I think uh I actually think I heard that in um I think there was a Kanye West uh interview and he was talking about um being on tour I think with Taleb Kweli or possibly most deaf which is funny cuz Taleb Kweli's been kind of like weird lately he's been attacking this um Black Guns Matter guy and it's just like retarded but anyway I mean he he's still you know regardless of if like I agree with like Taleb Kweli's politics or whatever he still kind of has done you know he's he's way way far down this road of trying to put like actual like depth and you know uh, a lot of you know legit content into rap um you know I so that you know there's something there and and anyway I, the, the, i'm almost positive it was kanye in this interview talking about that how um being with him for a little while you know he really helped and and he helped learn how to like say you know like what he really wanted to say but also like be cool you know i mean because I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, if <laughs> if it's not cool, then you know, I don't know. It starts to become almost just like you're listening to a Tom Woods lecture or something. And uh, and if you're listening to a, <laughs> a hip hop song, I mean, clearly your your desire was to find something different. Um, and if you want just pure content, then you know you're gonna listen to Tom Woods. You're gonna listen to you know Jeffrey Tucker or something like that. Uh, just speak um, and just lecture, or you read a book or whatever. You know, anyway, so um, I don't know. I uh, yeah, so pretty happy with it, and it, you know, it it took me a while. I, I it, so I worked on that the first verse a lot, and I still don't like it. Honestly, I feel like the first verse is the worst verse. Um, I, the second and third verse are much better. Um, they just just flows better. I don't know, but 
as far as just to me like the the sensible like the narrative as it goes through the first to me the first verse set stuff up so i i just couldn't i just didn't want to move it uh to the middle or something you know i mean ideally i guess i'd want the middle verse to be like the weakest right you could like the the first leg and then the anchor to be the best but Anyway, it is what it is, and I got, uh, I do have another a song, like, sort of similar, uh, similar vibe uh, in in the works, uh, it's gonna be a little bit different, probably, like, more of just, like, a one-shot, like, megaverse, no chorus, nothing like that, um, but, yeah, man, I mean, if you, if you, if you like that at all, it would, I'd really appreciate you sharing that around, uh, it's probably a little less volatile to share than uh, links to my podcast, Um so anyway, so that is that. And um, so, yeah, I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, George H.W. Bush died today. So that was, <clears throat> I was looking around. So I was thinking about what I was going to do today. And um, what, what I've been thinking about is a little bit more of a general episode. Um, just, I, I don't know, uh, I... I've been asked, uh, I had asked sometimes, um, of like, about like what I, you know, uh, if something about Alex Jones comes up, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, do you like believe Alex Jones? And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, man, like sometimes, you know, I, uh, certainly no like disciple of the guy, uh, but, but that kind of question got me thinking <clears throat> about just that analysis you know and and uh i mean if you go back to the the roots or the original you know this the beginning episodes of the podcast the real focus of it was um you know analysis of news sources uh, and I did a little bit and I, and I, you know, I'd like to do more. It's just, um, it's, it's a little bit, uh, I'd like to do more of the scientific kind of analysis when it blends, uh, into the libertarian world technology stuff. Um, but it's, I feel like I got to force it. I, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I, I think the only way for me to really keep this up and be successful is if I'm kind of really going with my gut and my heart. And if it, you know, if it aligns with other people's hearts and guts and minds and, and, you know, they get into it, then, you know, and then we, you know, we got something here, but it's just not in my nature to like put on a show, you know? And, um, Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so that question kind of got me thinking about, you know, what what was the sort of original goal of, or, or I, I don't know, like theme. That's a good word for it. Theme of the podcast. And I <clears throat> I, I think that it's a lot around the, the news analysis, you know, news source analysis. And, and, uh, in some ways, like not to be comprehensive, you know, but to hopefully be, you know, I think something that a skill I have, <clears throat> excuse me, is that like I can listen to CNN, I can listen to Alex Jones, I can listen to Fox News, 
You know, I can listen to Peter Schiff and I'm not their disciples. And I, that's something that I think is not average. I think that most people, they find their, you know, I don't know. They just become these sort of like blind disciples uh, and they don't. And, and at that point, like their sort of critical analysis really drops off, you know, and they're, you're like an Alex Jones disciple. And, you know, now it's like you buy everything hook, line and sinker, uh, you know, and obviously the, you know, most, you know, I, Hey, I mean, kudos to you. If, if it, if you've gotten that far and now you're an Alex Jones disciple, <laughs> I mean, it's better than being, you know, mainstream media, at least like you got the Alex Jones by bucking the system, right? Like, like by, by at least opening your eyes and looking around, um, you know, and in the, I mean, in that way, probably Alex Jones, people are less sort of like fanatical, uh, and, and more open to like Alex Jones, you know, being wrong. I'm there, you know, I know for sure, you know, I, for one was a lot more, on board with him before Trump. And, uh, it's, it's a, you know, I still don't really get it, you know, like, um, I'm just not on, you know, on board with him, not, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know, you know, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm also not like spending it a lot of my life trying to figure out whether or not, you know, I support, you know, Donald Trump or if behind the scenes, he's like really good guy. That's just, you know, uh, ensnared in some crazy fight with the deep state swamp. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know how to figure that out. And I don't, you know, and I don't like blindly believe that Alex Jones does know. Um, anyway, so, um, but yeah, so I, I think of like, you know, that if if there would be like one basic uh, goal of the podcast or theme, it's to sort of consistently try to uh, show that technique or even understand it. Like I, uh, I was thinking about it today, like I'm not totally sure. Um, I was listening to another podcast, the, uh, what's the guy's name, like the Freeman Bot Beyond the Wall or whatever. Um it's a cool podcast, and uh, he had this guy on um, that has something called like the history blueprint or whatever. And I don't know. He like hit, uh, a lot of his stuff is uh, I, I guess about um, education and uh, the history of it and how you know like this, um, uh, like the idea that the education system is to dumb us down and make us like you know. Uh, good employees or whatever and and obedient you know whatever obedient servants and everything and not critically think um so like yeah I mean I don't know <laughs> if I if I had to bet I mean I would guess it's probably true uh at least to some extent it's certainly like right like I don't think you have to be a wild conspiracy theorist to think like okay what do they worship in a Catholic school like you know, the Catholic God, right? What do, you know, what do they worship in like a Muslim school, like, you know, the Muslim God or whatever. So what are they, 
worship in like a government school, you know, and maybe worship's too strong, but it's going to be the state. Like what's their savior? You know, what's the savior in a Catholic school? Jesus Christ. What's the savior in like a public school? The government, you know, it's like the narrative is always skewed. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, but then he was going to the next, I guess then he's been like putting out these videos or you know whatever content. However, this person puts out content about like basically like saying like okay, schools aren't teaching how to think, so I'm going to teach you how to think. Um, and he started going through it, and like immediately, I was just like, what? Like whatever. I don't know. It just seemed like this isn't going to be effective. This just sounds like you know, just I don't know, just a bunch of words. Like it's not you know, not an effective method. Like, and, and I think, you know, it's, I'm not saying that it's like definitely wrong what he was saying, but like the, to be effective, like, he, I don't know, and it's gotta be like actionable, right? Like it's gotta actually work. Like it's gotta, it's not just gotta describe something correctly, but if you, if, if it doesn't take somebody that does not know how to do critical thinking and make them able to do critical thinking, then, it's, you know, it's not an effective method. And to me, it, I, I don't know, it just, I, it kind of lost me. Um, and it, you know, it had me thinking about it, like, okay, well, how do you think? Like, what are the things that you talk about that's sort of similar? And I would say, it's like, you know, information, the news and, and how, and how you process it. <clears throat> so I, uh, uh, Spoiler, I don't know what the method is. I don't necessarily know how I do it. I've talked about it previously and you know, in some ways maybe that's the the point of this whole podcast is for me to kind of keep exploring this, keep putting it out there and you know, maybe in some small part uh help contribute to uh some people being able to critically analyze, uh, you know, data better, information better, whether it's, you know, an article or a scientific paper, you know, I, I mean, that's the crazy thing, you know, I, I like, I'm, uh, I, I've published scientific research in a peer-reviewed um, journal, a journal of computational neuroscience, uh, and, I don't know, you know, like the thing is like, I mean that I know, man, like unless you've done that, like the reverence for peer reviewed research is, you know, it's on par with like Christians reverence of the Bible or, you know what I mean? And I, I've seen how the sausage is made, you know, like I only did it once, but I'm going to extrapolate out like nobody seemed to think that, you know, in no way was I given the impression that this wasn't just normal. And I, you know, I don't know, man, I just feel like it'd have been really easy for me to like fake the research and publish what I wanted. Now, obviously, like my research, uh, you know, isn't, you know, wasn't some earth shattering thing that like garnered a lot of attention you know it's been cited only a handful of times by other researchers uh in the years since um so 
I would say, you know, maybe, maybe some of the, you know, uh, self sort of policing of uh, the peer reviewed world is that, you know, the more sort of impactful your claims are, then the more you would think that other people would try to replicate it. And then if you were just, you know, if it was just complete BS, then, uh, you know, any, anyway, I think you guys get, get what I'm saying. Uh, and so since my stuff was kind of minor, you know, if I wanted to flub numbers or whatever, uh, you know, it'd be a, it's pretty easy to kind of like go under the radar, but you know, we just like, uh, talked a couple of episodes ago, you know, now maybe even maybe it was a couple of months ago, but how these guys, uh, you know, some researchers went back and, and went over these, these, uh, the mass, uh, mass shooting statistics. Apparently there was just one person did research, uh, and published it. And it, it, you know, really demonized the United States. Like, you know, we were like by far like the worst country for mass shootings and everything like that. And, um, you know, these these two uh, researchers sort of kept pressing the person trying to get the original data. Like, and it was, it was very, um, it just wasn't forthcoming. And eventually they decided just to do their own research <clears throat> to try to reproduce this and you know their findings were like totally totally different the u.s wasn't even close to being like the worst they were like the 50th worst or something for mass shootings and you know all this stuff uh so that uh you know um i it's it's all it you know i don't I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that it's not like I don't even necessarily think it's limited to intelligence. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine like I'd really like focused in on this this intelligence thing, and I was just like the part of the reason that I'm bummed out a lot about all this stuff is like I just feel that in general most people just aren't smart enough to overcome the propaganda, and uh, uh, I was telling this to just some friend of mine, and he was like. Well, he's like, I don't know if it's intelligence, man. And he's like, you know, my parents are pretty intelligent people. And he's like, but they're like totally, I think they're like, you know, Republicans or whatever. But, you know, either side doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, they they just sort of buy in, right? They, they, the propaganda worked on them. Um, and that was really interesting. That that stuck with me. I mean, that, I think that was like a year ago. Um, so... Yeah, um, I'm not sure, you know, that it is uh, an intelligence thing. And then, uh, you know, I, I was just looking at a, just the headlines, and I apologize, I didn't really read through it heavily, um, but The Atlantic published something. I found it on, it was on Hacker News. It's like the top uh, story on Hacker News. It's like, Psychology's replica replication crisis is running out of excuses. Another big project has found that only half of the studies can be repeated, and this time the usual usual explanations fall flat. I'm not sure what the usual explanations are, but um, you know this has been a growing uh, a growing story. People are starting to you know, I mean we. 
probably did you you probably did learn something about you know scientific method or whatever but a big part of this is re, you know replicating results is that you know you publish something <clears throat> and then an independent lab or independent research group you know they they run they run the experiments and uh they try to confirm your results you know this is like a big part of it or or to disprove you know one or one or the other and uh you know apparently they're, what they're finding out is like i mean this this <laughs> study is saying half half of the peer-reviewed papers in uh that they looked at uh if psycho you know psychology research papers of there you can't uh you can't replicate the results um you know so how many of them have like impact you know what i mean like all this stuff about how you treat you know when you look around and you know uh like i i've said a number of times you know i i'm in uh <clears throat> i work with a lot of not not my uh like paid vocation i'm a a develop and a software engineer um but i'm involved with a lot of people you know in recovery and stuff a lot of young people i mean you know everybody's medicated and you know i don't you know i don't know enough about this stuff to to like tell them you know anything i you know i'm not telling somebody to get off meds i mean then if they kill themselves and like whoops guess i was wrong about that one you know but I promise you that there is a substantial amount of them that their problems are made far worse by the medications that they're on, or they have gotten new problems that are far worse than whatever the original problems that got them on medication were, you know, and um, my own experiences, you know, I, I, battled with anxiety I used to have panic attacks every day I went to this group and they you know they sort of helped me they taught me some things about you know just walking you know basically just like walking through like these very kind of made up fears or whatever you know it's like you when you get a panic attack you think you're gonna have a heart attack you feel like you can't breathe and you know just pointing out that stuff's not true whatever and um it was called, there's a book called Mental Health Through Will Training. Whatever, man. I mean, the, the bottom line is, is it worked. I went from having panic attacks every day. And uh, anytime I would quit drinking and doing drugs, I would wind up with these panic attacks. And and then eventually, like, it was so awful having these every single day, I would go back to drinking and doing drugs. Uh, so it was kind of like I needed to deal with this in order to, like, stay off, you know, to, like, focus on the underlying stuff that was like driving me with drinking and drugs and addiction and everything and uh yeah you know these people helped me and they did and I didn't take any meds you know it was just like other people that had this experience and how they got you know got through it and it really helped me and and I got through it you know that's my experience whether that would work for anybody else, you know, it obviously worked for these people, you know, and I know other people that it's worked for since. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that like, oh, this would treat every single case of anxiety, you know. Um, but then, you know, the other people are like, if I went to a, 
a psychiatrist. I mean, you know, they're going to give me some meds. I mean, that's they're going to do it. I mean, I was having them every single day. They would last like sometimes they would they would last like all day. You know, I was like after just leave uh like I was taking community college classes, I would just have to leave, you know, in the middle of class, I was just freaking out like uh, you know, I mean judging by like everybody that I know that deals with stuff that put me on some kind of meds or something, you know, and who knows, would I still be on them today? Would I still be like eating Valium every day or whatever they give, you know, for this stuff? Um, I don't know. But when you, you know, you see that like, Hey, the most recent big study found that half of all these papers are, are the, the results can't be replicated. And I promise you, ignite, you know, some portion of those non-replicable results have been used to drive, you know, the pushing of meds and stuff and uh, to treat people, you know, for, for whatever. And, uh, and then, you know, so then I did, you know, I did get sober, call this stuff and, uh, started, uh, well, I, so I'd also been dealing with depression and being suicidal for a long time before before that too um and that was there kind of with drugs or without drugs um i'd get to like i guess like drugs and alcohol kind of amplify it but they'd also help escape it you know um anyway so then you know for for years i i had that i was dealing with that um you know i'd go i I, maybe i was kind of like manic or whatever you know be like kind of an up and down sort of person but i would go through these deep troughs where you know every night you know wanting to kill myself loaded gun on my lap kind of stuff you know and um you know i've i eventually uh somehow came out the other end you know and and uh and i not i don't like that anymore and i didn't take any meds just did a lot of work you know for me it's also a lot of like prayer meditation stuff like that you know uh trying to help other people fix, you know, things that I, I've done wrong in the past, you know, try to repair, you know, these, these harms or something, the you know, harms maybe that I've done other people, etc. You know, there's a lot of different pieces to it. I don't really know what to say, what was the important thing, what wasn't, uh, or what was, you know, or maybe it all was, I, you know, I don't know, but it summed up to me, I'm not like suicidally depressed anymore. Like not at all. It's been years and years since I wanted to kill myself. Um, and, uh, and like, I was afraid, like, I was really afraid I was going to take myself out. Like, you know, uh, it really seemed like uh, a real strong possibility that the way I was going to die was to be at my own hands. And, uh, you know, most of the time that's not what I desired. It was only when I would hit these really rough spots you know, spots and depression, usually at night alone. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, there's another case. And, and again, I don't know, you know, if, if somebody's coming to me and they want to, you know, work through, or they're interested in how I got through these things, uh, I'm very willing to talk about my experience and, you know, help them out or whatever. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go say, oh, this is the cure for, you know, this is the cure for all depression. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like the difference between me and like somebody that starts a cult, uh, or a, I don't know, a big pharmaceutical company. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
Yeah, so this critical thinking thing, um, I think, uh, or analyzing information, whether it be in a paper, or whether it be a news article, or whether it be somebody sitting in front of you talking uh, and telling you something, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what the process to me is exactly. You know, I don't know what, uh, why I seem to not be um, as likely to be pulled in um, or duped. Um, I, you know, I, I think like when I hear something interesting, you know, it's, I think you gotta like, I don't know. Part of it is, is identifying things that you maybe like identify things that you do trust, right? Like if, if somebody tells you something and you're like, oh man, uh, is that really true? You know, and in your mind, you're like, well, I'll, you know, I'll go back and look, you know, I'll, I'll verify this myself. How do you verify it? You know, if you just go back to like CNN and say, oh, yeah, this was an article on CNN. I think that's a sort of a verification, right? Um, uh, but they've got, you know, pretty clear agenda. So it depends what you're verifying. Like, are you, you know, they tell me the Philadelphia Eagles went won Super Bowl 52. And I'm like, oh, shit, for real? And I wasn't watching TV or whatever. And then that night I go home and I look on CNN for some reason. Uh, and I see that the Eagles won Super Bowl 52. Like, I'm pretty good with that. You know, that's like a legit source. I don't think CNN has ever reported falsely about a the winner of a Super Bowl or like any sporting event. I don't believe they have any agenda in, you know, picking winners or whatever. So, yeah, that that's cool. Um, but if they say, you know, something about, oh, man, you know, these, uh, you know, Russian hackers stole the election for Hillary Clinton. Uh, and then I go to verify it on CNN. Well, then, you know, I would uh, tell you that that's probably not enough work. You know, you you got to look somewhere else and it becomes really hard with something like that. You know, like how do you determine if that is true or not? And, you know, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like I, and to me, an, when it, something jives with um the sort of bias or the, you know, the propaganda bias of a source. Uh, I mean, I feel like you got to eliminate that source um, as being able to verify it. Uh, and, you know, then it becomes really difficult because it's like, well, who doesn't have a dog in that fight, right? Like to prove one way or the other. Um, I mean, I guess like the libertarians kind of don't, you know, uh, there's certainly like I don't have any like vested interest in in Russia being good or bad or viewed good or bad, you know. Um, but 
I don't know. So that, you know, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, that, you know, I think you, for me, it's all those sources, you know, that you start to look at, okay, well, how many times has this source lied to me? Like how many articles have I read on CNN that, that contradict themselves or are obviously untrue just by reading the art? Like, you know, sometimes you can just like read through a single article and find its contradictions. Uh, and at that point, it's like, eh, I'm kind of like letting go of that. Uh, and not, you know, I'm not going to use that as my, uh, <laughs> my like source of truth for anything controversial, you know, for anything that uh, is sort of inside of the, uh, you know, that sort of weird propaganda I don't know, spectrum, whatever, things that they care about, right? Like sport, sporting scores are not that. But there's a whole lot that is, right? I mean, definitely scientific research, you know, certain results. Now, they're not, they don't care if, you know, we find out that, I don't know, you know, some galaxy is farther away or, you know, some new planet that, you know, is like out, out, orbiting like the very far reaches of our solar system. I don't know. You know, that's not moving the needle for them, but a whole lot of other stuff is. And um, so, you know, whatever, man. Like my my point is that like I don't I don't really know. I don't know how to distill a technique down. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's just just try to be clear-headed like you know, uh, if, if somebody is sort of touting themselves up front as I am this expert because of I have this education or I, you know, I did this work or that work or I, you know, whatever. I don't know, man. It just doesn't really. Uh, it It's just the content of it. I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's kind of like it's pretty frustrating, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> if you go back again to like the roots, uh, the original, you know, my original, uh, podcast title being no hope. Um, when you really get down <laughs> to like, why don't I have hope? Uh, it's, it's like, to me, the the solution to like the really overarching big problem of society being, you know, run by these maniacs and these elites are just, you know, fighting, getting more power, sh you know, strangling the middle class, bomb bombing the shit out of the Middle East, killing all those people, you know, locking people up for years for you know, victimless crimes, drugs, and whatever, all that stuff, you know, the, to me, like, the solution to that is, is the same solution to this, um, you know, if you could somehow get people to be able to critically, you know, analyze new information they're given, uh, you know, and I also suspect it's like the same thing as like, you know, why why did like libertarianism appeal to me? And why does it appeal to so many other people? 
uh, you know, the non-aggression principle. It's like this, the solution to the large scale societal problem to me is the same as finding the solution to why some people understand the nap and some people do not. Uh, like what, you know, why, why when I was reading Hayek the first time, that book, Constitution of Liberty, why did it make so much sense to me? And I promise I give that book to like a hundred of my friends and I don't know, maybe one or two, you know, it's going to resonate with in a real way. And is it an intelligence thing? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, all right. I mean, hey, hey, it's like a, a bit heady, but, you know, maybe you give them economics in one lesson. <coughs> you know, and I, I, I know, uh, and, and this is probably something that like Tom, Tom Woods thinks about a lot more. Uh, you know, he's, he's much more of like a teacher kind of person. And um, he, uh, I, I remember him saying that he, he's just said, you know, it, at some point, I just kind of feel like to some people, free market economics sounds like, hey, come on, man, like, let's jump off this cliff and like, don't worry about it. We will invent a parachute before we hit the ground. Like, that's what it sounds like. You just just like blind trust in like human ingenuity or human ambition, you know, and and then to like the few of us that really like buy into it, into like the, you know, free market and freedom and property rights and, you know, all this stuff. It's like, I mean, any anything that gets in the way of it is like obviously bad, right? It's like obviously wrong. And uh, it's such a divide, you know, and what is it? What, you know, and, and is there any way to get more people on our side of the divide uh because you know i do think that as much as like democracy is mob rule it's also like mob rule is sort of like i mean as long as the mob rule believes in property rights then we're cool um, but I really don't, you know, it's like, we still need the mob. Like we got to get the mob on board. Um, you know, it's just like, but we have this really like genuinely good hearted thing that we want the mob to like agree on and then make the law of the land. And then after that, you can stop making laws, you know, like there's no real extra laws needed once you sort of adopt the sort of non-aggression principle. I mean, you certainly need like courts and, you know, to, to work out disputes between people. But like I said in the beginning, like the deterministic like solution type thing, there is um, there's not much to like, you know, figure out there. Like uh, it's it's just like determine the property rights in the situation, who owned what, who's, you know, if, if there is property in question and that, that's it. That's what the courts are for is like figuring that stuff out, you know, not like the Supreme court, just, you know, the way they just kind of like, 
you know, willy nilly lay down some interpretation, some new interpretation of the law. And it's always like, it's based on, you know, I guess ostensibly the constitution, you know, but like, who gives a fuck? Like if, if any part of the constitution violates like the non-aggression principle, then that is exactly where like the constitution is wrong, you know? And it's, you know, so like, I'm not, you know, there's, I'm not some like constitutionalist. I have so happens that I guess like a lot of the constitution is in line with it. You know, they always talk about, oh, well, it didn't, you know, mean black men or, you know, would assign some like less than human value to black men, you know, okay. Like clearly like that's not in line with the non-aggression principle. So I would throw that out and, uh, you know, and, and the fact that like, I mean, women didn't get to fucking vote for like, you know, years and, you know, when I, I don't, I don't remember when women's suffrage, uh, happened, but you know, it's long time. I'm pretty sure it was in the 20th century. Probably sounds super ignorant, not having any clue about that, but I think I at least put it in the right century. Um, but you know, that's on par. They don't talk about that much. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's like sexism is is bad, but it does it it uh you know in the like mainstream onslaught uh right now. But racism still is considered the worst thing, I think. Um, but anyway, but you know, hey, the Constitution was racist and sexist, uh, and you know what's not the non-aggression principle, not racist, not sexist. It's completely, you know, completely. Uh, colorblind and gender blind and sex blind right it the non-aggression principle has nothing to say about how many genders there are if there's you know uh difference between gender and biological sex if you know it is nothing to say about any any of that right you just can't aggress on a person like like as long as you're still a person you know, that's, that's really it, right? Like you could be, you could have a dick and think you're a female. Uh, honestly, man, I think even if you thought in your heart of hearts that you were like a kitten, um, you're still protected. Like it almost it doesn't even matter what you think you are. Like you're protected. Like the non-aggression principle applies. Um, you know, and, uh, I'd say like, I don't know where, you know, where it gets dicey, where, you know, where is the gray area abortion for sure. Uh, you know, what I I've talked about a little bit, I, I think it's tough, a little bit tough to navigate that, you know, I think that there's aspects of it that, you know, almost everybody agrees on, you know, and I, and I think that non-aggression principle or not, uh, um, you know, in the case of like rape, I, I just, I can't possibly see how it's not okay for a woman to get an abortion. I mean, that I, it just, it seems like an unbelievably awful thing to not only have a woman be raped, but then sentence her to carry a child for nine months from that, that rape. And I, you know, I don't even know, you know, that it's just, so hey, for me, like, yeah. And, you know, when you get into a place where, uh, like a woman's health is in danger, uh, that also seems like, you know, if she, <clears throat> if she has a baby, like there's like a high 
chance or so you know some I don't you know I don't even know what would be like appropriate percentage but like that she could die you know that there that that things aren't like normal in that sense she would she could die if she has a child uh it seems like there's not a lot of like gray area there I you know I I, I think it's like you know the non-aggression it, it that's the thing it's like in general in property rights like right it's like what you do is just it's pretty independent of like what somebody else does or does not like you know it it's not the same thing right like that's like directly pitting these two people you know this unborn child and this woman's life are at odds you know there's there's like no other way there's no like you know the the top medical science at at in the day uh, at the time is saying that like hey man these two lives are at odds there's just that's it, right? Like she, she have the kid, and then there's like some percent chance she's going to die from having that child, and it's much higher than normal. Certainly, a woman can always die in childbirth. The child could always die, right? But this is like specific. The doctors are, you know, concerned. That's different than, you know, you can make a hypothetical scenario, which they try to do to try to make healthcare right, right? They try, you know, say like, oh, well, if you don't offer your services, you know, to this person or whatever, like, then, you know, you're killing them. And it's that, you know, that's incorrect. Um, you know, you, you know, you can't conscript a person to do some action just because they possess a skill. Like, because somebody learned a skill does not give up their rights to just be like an autonomous, free human being. You know, like if I learn how to do open heart surgery, that doesn't now all of a sudden say that people can direct me to do things when they want. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. And, you know, because you cannot create, to me, the scenario that you can create with the woman, you know, and the baby, because that's not like a hypothetical, you know what I mean? Like that's like a real situation that occurs in the world. And like the hypothetical situation that like, well, if you were the only open heart surgeon and you're on an island with this person and they need open heart surgery now, you know, and they will die unless they're like get off this island you know, uh, like, you know, you have to like create a fake scenario as far as I can see, um, you know, to do that. And like, I, you know, I don't know. So it's like, what, you know, what if I just like learned open heart surgery, but I didn't tell anybody, uh, or I mean, like, why don't I just like get this guy, you know, fly another surgeon in there. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like, and like, even in that scenario, you know, the, I think that like the other thing is like, okay, but you're also like, I, I guess if it, you know, maybe there could be some real situation where somehow, like, I don't know, but a person was just in a situation like where it's like, oh, well, they needed this medical attention, like right now. And you just happen to be there. And so you have to, you know, give this. And if you don't, you know, I mean, like, also, like, look at, like, what the, what's the, you know, what's the solution, right? Like, so if you don't, 
we're going to put you in jail. Then you're going to be really able to help a whole lot of, uh, you know, a whole lot of, uh, you know, people with heart failure when you're in prison. You know, so the solution is like, because you hate this person. Like, maybe the person is, you know, like, like let's take the ultimate, like, the mo- you know, the most overused hypothetical. Let's say you're sitting there and Adolf Hitler's laying there in front of you, you know, dying from some heart problem. Then you are the only doctor in the world that knows how to fix it because you're just the best surgeon in the world. And you're just like, you know, F that. I... I don't I don't care if I can save you because you're Adolf Hitler and you you know you're responsible for the deaths of a million people and by my math this is like the right thing to do. And you let them die and then they say, well, you know, you know, we told you that you had to do this, so now you you basically killed Adolf Hitler, so now we're going to give you the electric chair. Or put you in prison for the rest of your life. But whatever it is, you know, you're like, now you're making it so this person can never perform surgery again. You know, it's just like total nonsense, man. Like, you know, like it's it's like you're sort of like identifying that this person is really good, you know. And then you're saying that because, you know, they want to, you know, have some choice about when they, you know, what they do or you know, I mean, imagine like a, I don't know, like a house painter, right? And then <clears throat> you're saying like, well, you know, you can't discriminate on whose house you paint. And now uh, like Adolf Hitler wants you to paint his house. Uh, so, you know, get that, you know, get that red and white and black paint because you're painting a giant fucking like Nazi flag on the side of his house and you have to do it. You know, you can't not do it, you know, or like, you know, uh, some some Muslim, right? Like that that uh, escaped Palestine, and you know their family was killed by Israel, and you know they they opened a cake shop in the United States, and and you know now some like some Jewish person comes in and wants them to bake like some cake with a you know big menorah on it or something like that, and so they like have to do it. You know, I mean it's all it's all the same thing, like. None of that stuff is like the, any one of those things. You force that person at gunpoint. Like you say, like, I'm going to throw you in a cage unless you bake this cake. I'm going to throw you in a cage unless you paint this Nazi's house. I'm going to throw you in a cage unless you, like, fix this person's heart. Uh, all of that is like a violation of the NAP. The NAP is the non aggression principle for those. I would like to start saying NAP because it's a lot easier. So. All of that is violation of the nap. And to me, a woman aborting a pregnancy that has like a high probability of killing her is not a violation of the nap to me because it's just, it's like a very unique situation where her life is like, you know, crash course in danger because of the baby inside of her. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I leave it uh, open to the listeners. You can reach out to me, Patrick J. Bradley on Twitter. You can find me, the Whistle, uh, Whistling in the Dark podcast on Facebook. Um, please feel free to fire back, you know, if you have an idea uh, of how that is wrong. Um, or you can come up with some other scenarios where, like, humans are really on this, like, 
inevitable crash course, like something real from life. Um, because I can't think of it. And I, and I think that's what makes like the nap, uh, you know, and then I guess like, I, I, I guess like the rape, you know, situation, I mean, that is, you know, I don't, it's probably not as clear, you know, because to me, it's just like, man, like, you know, this woman just got like raped. Like she just is like, not like this thing was forced onto her, like an absolute violation of her, you know, body, her own property. Uh, and I feel like, like it, you know, it was put on her without her choice. Like she has the right to take it out. Uh, like to me, like that's in line with the nap. Uh, I, you know, and I mean, I guess it's like ignoring that, like this fetus is, you know, right to exist, but you know, things are kind of weird, man, when you're talking about creating life, uh, and when, and when, and when not. And it just seems like if you forcibly create it, the, in, you know, that cause the inception at least of the creation, because then that becomes the whole, you know, that, that then enters into like the, the other confusing aspect of abortion is like, when is life created, you know? And and to me, that is like the unanswerable question. So uh, anyway, you know, that was a, a huge, huge tangent. But I do think that the that question is at the heart of it. Is like how, why do some people, when they hear the nap and they hear the arguments expressed to them, or, with, you know, when they hear like the explanation of how the Federal Reserve works, and like some people are just like, what the fuck? fuck that is insane like and they just get it they get inflation like it just clicks in their head of like this is stealing yes the first people that get the newly created money they get it at the non-inflated value and they can benefit so the cronies the friends of the elites that actually have the ability to create money have this massive power just makes sense to some people and there's other people that it's just like they just don't get it. They just don't appreciate why that's a big deal, you know, but people inherently get like why rape's a bad thing. That seems to be like across the board. So anyway, I think that, you know, to me at the baseline, what my podcast is, is like my podcast is about honesty uh, and it is about trying to get at the heart of these things. You know, the honesty was in the no hope, right? Like it's like, Yes, I, in my heart of hearts, like absolutely believe this stuff to my core. Uh, but my honest take on it is there is no hope that we're not going to figure this out, that this problem is not a something that's going to be solved in my lifetime. The middle class is going to continue to shrink. You know, the elites and the murderers are going to continue to take more power. You know, um, there's obviously a point in human history where, this need, you know, the needle was pointed in the other direction, and freedom was growing. But I do believe that the needle is pointed in the wrong direction now. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna leave you on that lovely note. Uh, I'm glad that I got back, and I finally and I recorded another episode. I am going to shoot to at least get you one more before 2018 wraps up. And until then, have a beautiful wonderful time and the uh outro today is going to be that one win it's a song that i was talking about in the beginning that i just recorded finished and put up on soundcloud so you can find it there follow me if you're on soundcloud pat larue share it around and give me a shout out 
uh, or follow me on Twitter, Patrick J. Bradley. Peace. Say no campaign for today. Just say no to all wars by the U.S. of A.